Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... I feel the overwhelm of pride, I think, when I am actually at a run-talk run and someone opens up to me or they give me a hug at the end and say, thank you, I really needed that. That's when I feel like, oh my gosh, right, okay, run-talk-run is needed. Like, yeah, well done, Jess. Like, we did a good thing. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. As producer of the show, I feel it is your duty. You are duty-bound to find some Christmas music. Peter, do you have some Christmas music? It is Christmas week. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. I, we can't, the show cannot possibly go on without some festive tunes. Right, here are some bells for you. How's that? Now that... Oh. It's a bit repetitive. Now that is what I'm talking about. Let's do some Christmas music as well. There we go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, now this... Okay, I, I, yes. Obviously, it's not Slade or Wizard or any of those, um, because... I don't know if you know, but the way that uh, podcast music licensing works would not allow us to do that legally. However, I do have the licence to this bit of music here, which I think is better than Slade and Wizard, personally. Welcome to the show. We have a corker of a show lined up for you. That's the first time I've ever said that on a show. I think over 100 episodes, we have a corker of a show. It's a corker. It is Christmas week. We are in a festive mood. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling festive. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like a a Christmas run. This is this is a big thing. This is a big thing for me. And I think there will be lots of people listening to this show that are in the same camp as me. They like to get out there for a run on Christmas. Of course, it's not always possible for everybody. There are sprouts to peel. I don't know. Do you peel sprouts? Do people you peel sprouts? Don't you? It depends how posh they are. Sometimes a pre put. If you if you're getting them from R and S, you're not peeling that sprout. Do you know what I mean? They probably even put the crosses in the top for you. Well, you've got that sort of stuff to do anyway, so I understand that it may not be possible for some of us to get out there for a run, but there's just something really special about running on Christmas Day. Pete, will you you be running on Christmas Day? This is what I want to know, because as the non-running guy of the show, you still proudly wear this title. I don't understand why. You are doing a bit of running. Regular listeners of the show will know. Are you out there? Are you out there on the twenty fifth? Do you, are, you? You're waggling your little finger at me over there, over the over the messenger thing, and I think you know the answer, don't you? I think you know the answer because you did just introduce me as a non-running guy, and then you ask if I'm going to be running on Christmas. I mean, what do you what do you think? What do you think? Well. It depends when you ask me that question. Obviously, you're asking it me now. I appreciate that. But if you'd have asked me this question maybe six months ago, I would have said, no, definitely not. Pete's not out now on well, Christmas it, Day. Well, bearing in mind, it was the middle of summer. I wouldn't have even been planning for Christmas Day back then. <laughs> well, we had a little conversation over messages at the weekend. Don't give me any crap, Mr. Allen. Pete, producer of the show, you know that we had this chat. I have evidence now, evidence that you agreed to get involved in the Manchester Marathon Relay that myself and many of my runners are getting involved in in April 2022. I've mentioned this on a few of the shows now, the podcast that we're trying to convince you to get involved. You don't have to run a whole marathon. Man, that would be insane. But a relay, part of a team, and you agreed. You broke. You're up for it. That was over the weekend when I'd just been injected with the the vaccine, which I, I must say... 
I'm a big fan of the vaccine, okay? And I'm absolutely fine with feeling like hell over the weekend. But it does mean I was under the influence of Pfizer. And I don't know, we need to check the small print. I don't know if that's... And I appreciate that I agreed, but it was more of an exasperated, God's sake, just go on then. Because for the last three months, you've been going on about this. It reminds me of the time that I took my, my son, who's now 18, and I think he was probably about five and a half, six years old. I took him to um, the Theatre Royal in Nottingham to see Lazy Town, which was a programme that I absolutely detested. I could not stand it. And he harassed me and harassed me and harassed me and harassed me like a small five and a half year old child does and you're like right okay we'll go and see it <laughs> it was basically you broke me you broke me over the weekend like a five and a half year old breaks people with those with with your puppy dog eyes and you please look there's no turning back you broke me there's no turning back i did break you i i was i was very confident in, with my jedi powers of influence, being able to turn people into the crazy world of running. You were definitely a challenge when we first started this show. There was no intention, or you had no intention of running. You now run a bit, and now you are going to do your first event. You can't back out now. You can't use that in court, because that will not stand up. I'm sorry, I was under the influence of Pfizer. That's just never <laughs> going to work. That's no escape. That's no escape. Let's not get it. I had Pfizeritis. I had Pfizeritis. Look, this is going to be brilliant. This is April. This is the relay. It's going to be awesome. I've got the details here up on the screen. We're all going to be there as a team. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, say the other thing. What's the date? The date's one day after my birthday. Well, it's a great way to celebrate, isn't it? It's a great way to celebrate. We've got to allocate you. Like, you need to be, like, runner A or runner B. It says here, runner A. So Because, obviously, you start in a different location. So the person allocated as runner A will start... It sounds a bit like Squid Game, doesn't it? Runner A, yeah, it does actually. Eliminated, yeah, yeah. but no, you you could potentially. <laughs> I don't mind being eliminated. You could be runner A, and you could start the whole proceedings. I mean, that'd be pretty special. I'm supercharged about this. I think it is going to be. I'm so excited. I'm excited to get involved in the Manchester Marathon so again on, anyway. But <clears> the fact <throat> you're running it, it's just, it's like the icing on the cake for you, me. You just said something that concerns me there. What? So I'm going to be standing around. I, I'm not. I'm not being runner A, by the way. I'm not starting with everyone. No, I'm not doing that. Let's say I'm runner B. Right, so runner B waits, what, 10k away from where runner A started? Is that how... Because I presumed it was like a, a school, you know, where you have the 100 metre relay and it's like you go from one end to the other of the playground and then you pass a baton and then your mate sets off. So at least you stood with someone while you're waiting to partake in this ridiculous pain. Yeah, yeah, about that. Um, about concerning things. That's not the thing that you need to be concerning yourself with, being stood around on your own waiting to receive said baton and charge around the streets of Manchester. Yeah, th- there's something I need to mention to you, but we'll, right. I- I'll mention it a bit later in the show. We- we've got to crack on. We've got a great show lined up today, great guest, but remind me. I'll just make a little note. I'll remind you. Don't forget to remind Pete. Now, this is going to be good. It's like an early Christmas present. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> right, let's crack on with the show. Great guest. For the show notes and video content... Go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Now, many of us run for different reasons. It could be to achieve target times in races. It could be to improve our physical health, to feel better, to live longer. But a very common reason amongst many of us is to improve our mental well-being, to give us that space and that freedom, to get ourselves feeling better, getting out the door, getting some fresh air. And importantly 
connecting with others. Today's guest is Jess Robson from Run Talk Run. She is the founder of this incredible movement up and down the country where groups of people get together every Friday and effectively do a bit of running, do a bit of talking, do a lot of supporting. We've got her on the show today. I can't wait to get into Jess's story and find out more about it. Jess, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me here. I was actually really looking forward to catching up with you today. We've exchanged, obviously, a few messages on the old WhatsApp to set up the chat today. Look, let's be very honest, it was a bit of a chaotic start, wasn't it? Pete, the producer of the show, the podcast, he should be joining us today. He's probably going to jump on the call at some point. I have messaged him. It's all a bit mad, but I can see you now. We're we're connecting on Zoom. You look very relaxed there. You've got a rather lovely award behind you, I can see on the shelf. I can just about make out on the small screen of the mobile phone is that the recent award that you got with with run talk run tell me about that uh yes in fact i think it's the only award we've had with run talk run actually uh, so i'm very <laughs> proud um i got it i think back in august it's the uk active physical activity hero award so basically just to celebrate everything that run talk run has done to date <laughs> in terms of getting people more physically active um, so yeah, no, I was pretty proud of that. There's so much I want to get into today. If you're up for for having a good good old chat with me, Jess, but I want to start at the beginning. I want to ask you about Run Talk Run, and I want to get into you and, and your training and, and 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 things. But tell me, wh- where did it come from? How did kind of the idea start? How did how was Run Talk Run? You know, how was it born? Of course, yeah. So Run Talk Run started four years ago, and I should give a little bit of context around myself to explain Run Talk Run. Um, and the reason it's here. So I am someone who has experienced struggles with her mental health on a recurring basis. I I struggle with depression a lot. And in 2017, I was experiencing a very long period of depression and I was doing all the tick box things that I felt I should be doing for my mental health. I was going to therapy, taking my antidepressants and it was only through running with my mum that I actually felt able to talk about the heavy stuff. I was sharing more when mum dragged me out for a run than when I was sat with my therapist in an office. And it got to the end of that summer of 2017. And I think my mum sort of gave me a bit of a nudge to go find some different running friends. <laughs> I don't know if she was just getting bored of my company or what, but she, she gave me a push to find a running club. And for a girl who was depressed, socially anxious, that just was so scary for me. I looked at what was on offer to me in London and there are so many running communities here. I was spoiled for choice, but they were all very good vibes only, all very high energy, good attitude um, and fast as well. They all seemed very, very fast. And for me, that just really intimidated me. And I thought that's that's not what I need. I need a gentle 5K where I can go and be as depressed as I am with no one judging me for that. And I couldn't find that space. I couldn't find that gentle chatty run that I needed. So created it, created Run Talk Run. It's incredible, isn't it? How far you've come and how far Run Talk Run has come. I mean, we know we were chatting earlier, one of my runners that I coach is a Run Talk Run leader. Uh, in Spondon in Derbyshire and he's so passionate about being part of that he's relatively new uh, to it all and and it's it's just such a powerful tool isn't it that connection Mm. talking opening up but it's not so easy though is it Jess I mean you must have I imagine there must be people that 
maybe listening to this show now that would like they like the idea of getting involved in run talk run they like the idea of that support and that community getting out getting some fresh air but the fact it's new people the fact it's strangers the fact that you know will people be judging them we know that that's not the case but you must come up against that barrier how, how do you i mean what do you say to people that perhaps have that that fear of getting involved in something new like run talk run of course yeah that fear is always going to be there and for anyone who sat there thinking that still sounds scary, even if you say that you're gentle runners and you say that you're welcoming for all headspaces. It, it is still scary and, you know, that fear is valid. Um, I think for Run Talk Run, something that we do well is reminding people often and saying it again and again that we, we are friendly, we are here for you. We really don't care about pace at all. We really don't care if we have to walk on our runs. And I think people need to be reminded a lot before they believe that. And so we're, yeah, quite unashamed in how much we'll repeat ourselves in saying all of those things to the point where someone feels like, okay, they, they keep saying it, so maybe I'll give it a go. And, it, and then it does come down to actually practising that in real life and allowing our leaders to be as vulnerable as they like on those runs as well to to show that we really don't mind what headspace you're in. It's true, isn't it? Because I think it's really easy to say something like, oh, you know, the pace doesn't matter. I've ran with many people over the years where they say the pace doesn't matter. You know, we're just going easy. They're, they're perhaps a better runner than me. And then I go along and actually we end up running at their pace and I'm not comfortable. I'm not happy with the situation. You know, that kind of mm. that kind of environment and situation I find myself in. And, 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 you know, it's not always the best. And I know it's a slightly different thing, but I think there are some parallels there. And it's quite a brave move to do something completely out of the ordinary. So for somebody that's never been to a, a group like Run Talk Run, and I say like Run Talk Run, you know, if they've never really, they're, they're one, they're not one for getting involved with strangers and, and maybe opening up or not opening up. We know that they don't have to do that, of course, but it's quite a brave move, isn't it? It's quite a big step. I think people should acknowledge themselves for that. It's huge. If they are going to <laughs> bite the bullet. Yeah. Big. No, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability to, to put yourself in that position where, you know, someone is going to ask about your day and, you know, it is very very scary and I really applaud anyone who either leads a run talk run or even just attends a run talk run because making that decision to show up one reassuring thing to know is that most of our people who lead these groups they come with their lived experience of mental ill health and so even if your experience of mental health is different to the leader there is a level of understanding and compassion so if you show up and you're extremely shy and nervous, it's understood and it's just accepted. Yeah, it's be yourself, isn't it? And don't feel that you have to get involved and be something that you're not and, and, and feel a way that you don't necessarily feel. I mean, I guess ultimately the, the dream here is for people to come and get involved, attend one of these sessions and leave that session feeling better than perhaps they did at the start. I mean, that would be nice if that happened, right? Oh, I mean, awesome. I, I know I saw an instant... <laughs> An Instagram post that you put on recently, uh, and I think you, you went, it may have been the Christmas one that you got involved with the Run Talk Run, but it was certainly one of them where you were sort of grading yourself, you know, on a scale of one to ten, how am I feeling throughout the day? And, and you just got progressively better and, and closer towards a ten. You, it wasn't a ten, but it was progress. And it's those baby steps, isn't it, to get ourselves feeling better. Yeah. You mentioned kind of social anxieties and I really like your honesty Jess and I guess you kind of have to be a little bit hot on the sleeve with what you're doing and promoting Run Talk Run of course 
But there must be times when you don't feel, I'm guessing here, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you don't feel so comfortable kind of opening up and sharing things. I mean, are there times when you feel that you, you want to kind of hide away? And, and, and do you allow yourself to do that? Or do you just put yourself back out there on the, on the likes of social media and the face of kind of Run Talk Run? Does that make some sense? How do you manage that? Over the last four years since starting Run Talk Run, I think being vulnerable and open about how I am has become second nature to me. And I appreciate that actually I very much normalise <laughs> oversharing about my feelings and it's not the same for everyone else. Actually, for someone else to be that open would be or just torturous. It doesn't actually impact me with the sort of social anxiety too much anymore. I think on some of my very worst days, I will keep myself to myself. And I think this is an important thing to acknowledge about Run Talk Run as well. I will sometimes go to a run or I will sometimes hang out with my friends. And even if I've had the worst day ever with my mental health, I won't actually talk about it. I will keep it to myself. But I think there's a lot of emphasis, isn't it, on on talking all the time about how you're feeling. And sometimes you do want to keep it to yourself and that's okay as well but keeping it to yourself but still surrounding yourself with understanding people is is beneficial jess i'm, I'm nodding away because i completely and utterly on a personal level and i'll be really frank with you i completely get that there are times where i want to spend time in safe secure company mm. maybe i've got some stuff going on I don't particularly want to talk about it. I don't really want somebody to ask me how I am because actually I'm not doing great. I don't really want that question posed because then I feel I've got to either lie, which is draining, or talk about it, and that's draining. So I just don't want that. And it's surrounding myself with people where it's, it's just okay to just be. Yes. Th- does that make sense? I'm just here, and that's cool, and I'm just, you know, yes, I host a, pod- a podcast. Yes, I coach. You know, I can be outspoken and outgoing and, and appear confident. It's not, it's not always the case. And there are times where I just want to take a back seat and just listen to some conversation, maybe just have a room with some people, maybe not really talk. Maybe there's running involved, maybe there isn't. Of course, and I think a lot of people are are like that. You know, they won't want to talk when they are feeling rubbish. That's really normal. And there's so much pressure to talk to someone when you feel awful. And I think that creates extra stress, actually, sometimes, that pressure to talk, to go and seek support now, go and tell everyone about how you're feeling. We do sometimes need some time to mull it over ourselves and decide what we need to do for ourselves before we reach out. And that will take different lengths of time for different people. And it can be knee-jerk, can't it? And I guess it's ideal not to react in a knee-jerk manner because it just gives you time to process things and then you can act accordingly how you want to act. So it sometimes does take people, as you say, different lengths of time. I guess personality comes into it as well and various things. You mentioned on a recent post that you did very little at the weekend. Was that this weekend just gone? You just kind of kicked back, didn't do too much? My mental health forced me to not do too much. <laughs> which is what you mentioned in the post, isn't it, Jess? Which is why I bring this up. If this is with your permission, course, if I can ask you about yeah. this. Yeah, I'm happy oh, to be open. Um, <laughs> what I'm really intrigued by is when you mention, you know, I didn't do a great deal this weekend, taking a, a backseat allowed me to, and I'm paraphrasing here, but kind of be aware of how I was feeling. And uh, the way I read into it was almost some, some quiet time to kind of think about, you know, other things. How do you give yourself that space? How do you how do you do very little? Because it's not just a physical thing, is it? Doing little, it's it's 
quietening the noise inside and I, I believe me it's a very chaotic place in my head mm. um, and it is for many of us you know I think especially in 2021 not just the pandemic we're all talking about but just the sheer volume of choice we have in life I mean how many podcasts can you listen to how many TV programs you know can you watch how many books can you read yeah. there's just an abundance of choice and I've always said that like for me personally as well actually Jess I don't always think too much choice is a good thing I'd rather just somebody had you know, it's either black or it's white. You know, pick yeah. one kind of thing. How do you get that space and that, that separation? Can you do nothing? I find it very, very hard on a day-to-day basis. Um, but the weekend just gone was different. I actually haven't been open about this uh, explicitly just yet. But actually, I was I was literally on the floor um, with panic and anxiety on Saturday morning on the floor with it my my body was almost sending my limbs flailing like very very physical attack um on my body because of my mind and that that really scared me and I honestly didn't want to do anything after that anxiety attack I I was almost a bit scared to leave the house um because I was scared that such a physical anxiety attack could take place again. And I had to make some... Dis- you ask, how to, how do I create space? Well, it involved making difficult decisions. It was my sister's birthday, uh, her 14th birthday, and I had to let my whole family down and say, I'm sorry, I'm not coming home. Um, so creating space for me means letting people down um, and listening to my body my body was screaming at me telling me to just rest and so that's how I created space I I listened and and I made some hard decisions it's difficult to do the right thing for you isn't it sometimes I I find and I hear this from other people as well you know you talk about decisions and things and sister's birthday you know these are these are big important things and and actually you're looking at it and by the way I massively appreciate you you're being so open with this. I mean, yes, run, talk, run. Yes, you know, this is a, this is a very positive thing. Uh, but, you know, w- w- for you to open up uh, as you have done, I really do appreciate that, Jess. So thank you. And I, and I think there's so many people that will relate to this that are perhaps have moments where they feel similar to the ways that we're perhaps sharing at the moment, certainly yourself. And, and letting people down, that, I mean, we can burden ourselves with that, can't we, sometimes, I think. You know, I'd, I'd, I'm really intrigued to hear your thoughts on this, but... Mm. You know, on a much smaller scale as well, when we think we're letting people down, and actually, the people that really care about us really care about us, and they will really understand, and they know that self-care is important for all of us, and there are times where we just need to apply that. Did you, do you find it easy to look after yourself, that kind of self-care? Is it, is it, are you getting better at it? I mean, I imagine it's an ongoing kind of process it's an ongoing work if you like are you better at it have you mastered it no I don't think I've mastered it I'm a lot better at it than I was and I think where I struggle and I'm going to bring it back to running with this where I struggle is sometimes I what I think is self-care is sometimes not what I need so sometimes I will be like oh I'm going to go for a run because I I need some space I need headspace when actually That'll fix it. I'm exhausted. I, that's not what I need. And well, I get confused with my self-care, basically. Or I'll, I'll get my journal out and I'll want to unravel my mind into my journal. 
And I think that's what's going to help. And sometimes, actually, that stresses me out because as soon as I've emptied my brain onto the page, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at all these things I've got to worry about. They're physically there in front of me now. <laughs> it becomes apparent how much I'm worried about. So I, I have a lot of tools that I use and sometimes I'll use them at the wrong times. It's all a bit of a game, but as long as I'm trying to look after myself, I think I'm doing the best that I can. Trying to help other people in that whole process and using your own experience of your mental health to to create what you've created, run, talk, run. I mean, that must be, you must be incredibly proud of that. Are there moments where you find it overwhelming? Are you always able to stay on top of it? Or, or are there, I mean, you know, you've got this award behind you. I, I'd just be thinking, how? I mean, this is just amazing. Like this positive thing that I've created and the influence it has on other people. And you see from the selfies, when they have the, the kind of post-run selfies, when they're, you know, they're up for that. I see a lot of, of that on Instagram. I mean, it's an incredible thing. Do you find it overwhelming or do you just take it in your stride? I mean, you, you were at the, the running show and on the inspiration stage. I mean, this is just crazy. Do you know what? Sometimes when the big stuff happens, I don't I don't feel that overwhelmed. It's almost, um, it feels different. It's like, here's, here's a shiny piece of metal to say well done. And that doesn't really make me emotional. I feel the overwhelm of pride, I think, more when I am actually at a run talk run and someone opens up to me or, you know, they give me a hug at the end and say, thank you, I really needed that. That's, that's when I feel like, oh my gosh, right, okay, run to run is needed. Like, yeah, well done, Jess. Like, <laughs> we did a good thing. It's, it's more the human connection moments that make me feel proud. I went to a run to run last night and we did the scale of one to 10 checking in thing at the start. And literally out of I think all I can't think how many of us there were I think there were just six of us on the run all of us were like less than a five and yet we were able to share that with each other and I just stood there and I thought wow okay we need this run um so yeah those are the moments where I feel proud talking about the scale of where you are and, and that awareness that mindfulness if you like of how you're feeling do you do with yourself regularly personally if I can ask you that uh, Jess, is this something that on a day-to-day -day basis you kind of have that awareness of how you're feeling from one moment to the next? And if you are feeling, let's say, a five or, or, or a number that you're not particularly happy with, do, what do you do about that? Or do you just let it pass? Is it just the awareness that this is how I feel in the moment? But you know what? It could change in not the next day, but in the next 10 minutes. You know, sometimes that's how we, feelings can change, you know, so rapidly. I'm intrigued to know where you are with that, that awareness. I, I'd like to say that I'm actually quite a long way along in that awareness journey. I, I do feel very self-aware of how I am on a day-to-day -day basis. And I mentioned my journaling. I do journal daily, which definitely helps me really sort of pinpoint how I'm feeling in that moment. And I, I use that scale of one to 10 on myself. I'll be, I live and breathe that, that scale. And when I see that number is low like very very low like a two like it was at the weekend that does prompt me to then take like more serious action like I know I need to reach out to my GP now like this isn't just personal self-care anymore I need more support so yeah I do I do think I, I try and check in with myself quite frequently actually and it's something I think I don't know 
from what I can gather, and, and, and my guess is we don't do it often enough, all of us, because we get caught up in life and time can often be a bit of an enemy because we've got so much to do and just not enough time. And it never, we never seem to have enough time. And sometimes taking a moment just to think, like, how do I feel? And do I need to make some decisions based on how I feel just to be a little bit kinder to myself for, for that moment, that hour, that day, that week even? In in terms of journaling, because you mentioned this a couple of times now, this is not something I do, Jess, personally, but it's something that I can certainly see the power of and the benefit, especially if it becomes a habitual. It's just what you do. Mm. Do you do you have certain like tips for anybody listening to this and, and, and is thinking about starting journaling? You mention every day. Is, is it more than once a day? Do you tend to do it in the evening? What, what sort of works for you? I'm intrigued. So I like to journal in the morning because I like to see where I'm at for the day. Um, for those who really don't know where to start with journaling because I appreciate not everyone is in the habit of putting their emotions into words on a page like that's quite hard um and I also appreciate you probably got a lot of runners listening to this so if you're someone who thinks that's way beyond you to start writing about your feelings I would recommend just trying to write about how your body feels instead don't think about your emotions just think about how your body feels and write about that instead even if it's like I don't know I've got a niggle in my Achilles and my shoulders are tight and I'm a bit tired today that's a really good start with journaling because then you can think about okay well why am I tired and then maybe write down why you think you're tired oh we had an argument before we went to bed last night okay right there we go and it becomes a lot easier then to sort of see why why your body is in the place that it is um but then yeah making it a habit definitely helps in a practical sense as well like i try and do it at my desk before i start my day at work does it help change the energy if you do it in the morning or does it have the chance to be able to change the energy does that does that make some sense so if you're waking up and you're feeling in a bit of a funk or you're not feeling great or you're 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 a four out of ten for example and then you do what you do daily you sit down at your desk or wherever you are and you, you, you journal and you, you put how you feel. Do you go beyond that? Do you think about the positive things? Do you try to reframe things in a positive light or is it just about how am I feeling right now? I mean, I'm interested to know if it actually has the benefit to change the energy and get you feeling better post-journaling, like immediately oh, 100%. afterwards rather than before. Yeah, I become my own hype woman in my journal. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also like, I like to, um, I'm being very open here. I like to finish my journaling by giving myself a word for the day, like a word to live with intention for that day. So say, for example, I had loads of webinars to deliver or a load of tricky client meetings. My, my word for the day might be the word, I don't know, confidence. And I've got to keep that word confidence in my head for the entire day. And I, I live with confidence a bit more intentionally that day. Or if I have ended up journaling about how tired I am, then I don't know, compassion might be my word for the day. And I find that that does turn my day around a bit. I mean, sometimes half an hour later, I've forgotten what that word was and it hasn't worked at all. You know, we're all humans and life gets in the way of, you know, living intentionally. But yeah, it can really help put me in a positive frame as well. I think it's really important to have that sense of awareness and you know let's connect it bring it back to running again when 
when people have those ambitions to, to run and, and they're usually goal orientated, they're looking at some form of goal. It might not be race related. We often think, oh, it's got to be attached, attached to a race. No, it might be to lose weight. It might be to make friends. It might be to socially connect, come to things like run, talk, run, whatever people's goals are. But the, people will slip. That's natural. They will have bad days. I mean, bad runs, I'm talking here, Jess. And I think it's very easy to say, oh, I'm frustrated. It's a bad run. And oh, this did, or this race, it didn't go to plan. Whereas actually, going back to journaling, what you're saying, just being mindful of, well, what, what were the sequence of events? Are there some perhaps reasons behind that and why it happened? There may not be. It may just be one of those days that happens. Maybe you don't find the answer and conclusion but just having that awareness and it starts with asking those questions doesn't it how do i feel about it well was it did i have an argument yesterday which is something you mentioned or am i have i not been sleeping well that's a classic one i hear a lot of jess you know if people leave me notes on on the training peaks platform i used to coach with their sessions they're not robots they're real people they're humans how did the session go and I look and they cut it short or they didn't run the pace they wanted to or expected oh but i'm not I've not been sleeping well for the past few days. Well, that's probably not going to help because you're not in the wise mind for a start. You're probably going to give yourself a hard time. You're not going to perform well physically because we don't when we're tired. So all this is very much connected, I, I find, you know, and I think if if I was coaching and I just focused on the physical element, running, I don't think I'd be able to help people very well at all. With running, what I'm very conscious of is when people are not feeling particularly great and they're using running to get themselves feeling better... What I don't want them to do is use that as potentially another tool to beat themselves up with. Does that make some sense? Potentially to give themselves a hard time because the run didn't go to plan. Do you have, my question is, do you have running goals yourself? And how do you manage those running goals in terms of the pressure and the pressure that you put on yourself? It's a really, really good question because it can very quickly become another pressure in someone's life as opposed to a helpful tool absolutely I 100% agree I think my attitude towards running changed a lot when I started run talk run and I've been thinking about this a lot lately like the reason why that attitude changed and I think it's because instead of using run uh, running as my uh, personal development tool I started to use run talk run as my focus for development and growth and improvements and my attention was directed elsewhere so I think if there is someone listening to this who is using running in that way and is maybe beating themselves up because they're very they've got very high expectations of their running then what else can you introduce to your life to I don't know maybe not add another pressure, but maybe take the pressure off running so that running isn't your only thing that brings you joy. Because when running becomes that sole, uh, I don't know, dopamine hit that you get, then it, you need some other things that can bring you joy. Otherwise, a bad run will feel so much worse because that's your only only thing that brings you joy at the moment. So I think it's about, yeah, just creating a bit of variety in your life so that you're not reliant on running making you happy it's really funny that you say this because i've said this quite a lot recently i have a couple of runners that are injured at the moment i'm just coming back out of injury i mean you mentioned niggles and things earlier you know maybe in in the form of kind of running journaling yeah how does the body feel physically it's running it's impact it's repetitive you're probably going to pick up an injury and niggle at some point hopefully not too serious and not too long but it's highly likely and when you can no longer do the thing that brings you joy, 
When you can't do the thing that gives you the escapism, that could just be a bit of time for yourself from work or family, as much as you love them or whatever it might be. What do you do then? How do you fill that time? first of all, because all of a sudden there's some extra time. I'm sure we can fill it quite easily, actually, answering emails or whatever it might be. But how, how do you bring that joy back into your life? What, what do you do? I often say to people, Jess, and I'm intrigued to see what you think to this and what your thoughts are, that it doesn't have to be related to the physical world. I, I think it helps if it is in some respects, meaning if they can't run for a period of time, can you swim? Are you able to swim if you're injured at the moment? And... Um, is that something you can do? If not, are there? What else can you do that isn't doesn't require you to be physical? Do you like cooking? Can you go for a gentle walk? Do you enjoy that? Do you like reading a book? What brings you joy in life other than run, talk, run, and running? I'm going to yeah, probably not demonstrate your point very well. I strength train as much as I run, so my my alternative to running very much is physical and if I'm being completely honest, I probably prefer it to running, <laughs> but. <laughs> Aside from that, so I am someone who absolutely loves going to the cinema on my own and that brings me joy. And I will go there unashamedly like multiple times in a week by myself (laughs) if it's that kind of week. Um, And yeah, that brings me joy. I I love watching films in the dark room by myself. And yeah, music brings me joy. I will quite happily just go for like an hour-long walk just listening to music without feeling the need to run as well. So I think knowing what your things are outside of that physical world is so important. Um, and I discovered that in, in the, throughout the pandemic, so I'm sure we all did as well, when we're only allowed to run once in a day. <laughs> this is the power, of, I, I guess, of, of you know, the, the power that we have to be adaptable mm-hmm. when things throw us a bit of a curveball. The, the obvious one is a pandemic, as you mentioned, of course. But even an injury, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a less kind of, um, I suppose, common level, you know, it's not the whole world is injured at the same point. But if, if you pick up an injury and you're forced to shift the focus to find this thing that brings you joy, could be going to the cinema like yourself, read a book, whatever, listen to music, wander through the park. You're having to think for yourself and think, well, what can I do here? But I, I personally believe it's really important to have that mini conversation with yourself. Ask yourself the question. What can I do that's going to make me feel better that I like, that's going to bring a bit of happiness and joy into my life? What have you seen recently? What's the uh, most recent film? Have you any recommendations? I haven't been to the cinema for ages. I do love it. I do love it. (laughs) Oh, well, in my weekend of rest, I went and saw um, House of Gucci, which was fantastic. Ah. Yeah. I've heard very good things about that. Brilliant acting. Very good things indeed. Um, Yeah, Lady Gaga was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. I'd recommend it. I'm going to have to put that on the list. I have to tell my girlfriend Martina about that one as well. Uh, she does struggle a little bit. If there's lack of subtitles, she's Italian. Sometimes we have to keep pausing Netflix and I have to keep explaining because sometimes the, the subtitles roll over too quickly. But sometimes it can be like a mental workout for me when I'm watching Netflix with her. But we may give that one a go. Well, of course, you've got the machine to uh, look after and develop, which is Run, Talk, Run. I know you're looking for some, or, or you were looking, for, uh, taking on some more people recently. I, I, I did see that as well. If people listening to this want to get involved whether that's just they want to turn up because they want to be part of run talk run and they just want to you know see how they feel and and maybe they're not having the best of times themselves at the moment and they want to come and feel safe in that company or if they fancy the idea of becoming a run talk run leader how do they do that what advice have you got i think the, the best way to get in touch is through our website um if you did send an email through the website it comes through directly to me so you know who you're talking to 
um, and I'll be able to give you um, all the sort of information you need to understand what it is to lead a run talk run what it's like to attend a run talk run and um, hopefully point you in the, the direction of your nearest one as well so um, we have a map on the website as well to see where where your nearest run talk run is but I think that's the easiest place to find out more Runtalkrun.com, we shall link that in the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. How many do you have up and down the country, Jess? There's 170. That's a lot of emails. That's why I'm asking. I'm concerned. We've been chatting for about 30 minutes. How many emails are you going to go back to? I don't even think. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Let's not think about it. No. Let's not think about it. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I know you are super busy as well, so I really appreciate your time first and foremost. And I'm going to thank you again. Thank you so much for being honest and open with us on the show. We love that. And real pleasure talking to you today. I do, however, have one final question for you before I let you go. Okay. Are, are, are you ready for this question? I think so. It's a very serious question. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Ooh. Gets Ooh. Gets okay. I wasn't, I wasn't... Stumps everybody. What does it mean to me? I'm someone, I don't think I even rely on motivation all that much. It is very much the routines and habits that I, I've built for myself that get me doing things. I guess motivation for me means getting excited for something. That's what motivation is. It's getting excited for something. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, I could go to the gym out of routine or I could go for a run out of routine, but I guess I'm motivated when I am purposefully getting excited for it and I do think it's a purposeful thing it's an intentional thing like feeding myself thoughts of how great that run is going to be that's motivation Jess it's been a pleasure catch up soon (laughs) Running with Jake the podcast well this is the penultimate beg of 2021 the penultimate beg. I'm not beg. It's not a beg. Like almost the last beg. It's not a beg. I'm not yeah. begging. I've told you this before. Look, the whole patron thing um, that, that we talk about where we go, oh, yeah, you can support us if you enjoy the show, then, you know, please pay something into the pot because it costs us money to keep it going. Like, for example, a couple of weeks ago when uh, Jake set fire to his studio and we had to replace it, the patrons and the, the kind patrons paid for that. And thank you so much. It's so so great of you and you don't not a joke you don't, not a joke at it's all not a joke. you don't actually have to pay on a monthly basis either if you just want to make one donation you can like Adam did Adam top top fella Adam Collings um, just said how can I give you just one amount I don't want to pay every month um, so um, we, we explained how you can do it on Patreon but he, he just because he's not got a Patreon account and everything he, he just thought the easiest way to do it is just to fling some PayPal money over to you so he's done that how cool is that that's pretty awesome thanks Adam top guy it is Really Thank appreciate you, that. Top man, absolutely, yeah. But aside from all of that, you see, I'm not going to do the begging thing um, because you did mention about the, the what's it, the London Marathon thing that we've got to do. Uh, and you mentioned something <laughs> that you had to tell me. First of all, it's not the London Marathon. It's the Manchester Marathon Relay. Right, right, whatever. Yeah, so ma- it's in Manchester. Just, you've got to get that one right. I appreciate you may have had one or two drinks on your birthday the day before, the Saturday. Don't then make the trip to London because we won't be there. Well, there's there's all of a reason to get a, get a train to London then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but look, I mean, here's the thing, right? So we had this idea, let's get involved. My runners thought it was a great idea to get you involved in the relay. We've managed to convince you now, which is which is awesome. You're up for it. And I, this is, honestly, I, I really, I'm really excited. 
excited, Pete. Like, I really hope you you believe me. Just to have you there. We've known each other a long time. We're all going to be there in Manchester. You know, celebrate your drink afterwards, an achievement, a medal. Oh, just, I can't wait. I can't wait. Really can't wait. But there is something that I feel you should know. And probably now's the right time. I did want to tell you the other week, but you weren't feeling too well. Do you remember? You had a bit of a cold and stuff. I did, yeah. And I thought, I can't, I can't really tell him this now because I don't know how well the news would be received. So, um, yeah. So You see, I've got a funny, mm, twisty, turny feeling in my mm, stomach. And don't often get that. And when I do, something bad happens. No, but it could be excitement as well. I mean, we do get that kind of funny tummy sensation through excitement, not just nerves and, like, awful stuff. And this isn't awful. I mean, this is definitely exciting. I'm excited. Um, Yeah, so anyway, basically, you know how uh, the Manchester Relay is a relay. You're in teams and there's four people and you each do 10 kilometres each. So you run 10K and there's four of you and, and you cover the marathon. Yeah, um, there's also the option of, of just having teams of two, like pairs, effectively, um, like a partner, you know, like a buddy. Um, and you just run you just run a bit further. So it's like a half a marathon. Well, it is a half marathon. It's a half marathon, um, 13.1 miles. So, we well, we wanted to register you for the tech... Yeah, you're doing half a half marathon, basically. Bec- is it- I can't. That's impossible, though, isn't it? Because that's impossible. It's not impossible. No, it's not. Well, it is because of this body, isn't it? Because of the, what the issue with the with the with mine. <laughs> well, you, there's nothing wrong with your body. It's fine. You know, it's fine. No, but it's the way it moves, isn't it? It's the way it moves, and it's the way that's impossible, isn't it? This is, you know, ten kilometres. That's one thing, and that's a long way. But then twice that. That's like what well, that's twice as far, isn't it? Yeah, but there is a there is some good news in this. I mean, there's lots of little bits of good news yeah, you just have to look really hard but the 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 fact that it's double so you thought you were running 10k we've signed you up for, for for a half marathon which i think i mean i believe in you i know you can do this um i can't but do that it's not twice the training it's not twice the training so how, okay here's a question how far have you ran in recent times what's the furthest you've ran in let's say the past let's say two three months what, what's the furthest you've ran i don't know because i don't measure it i don't measure it That's, this is a whole thing that i just go out and I run, and then I come home. But we're talking somewhere between five, six, seven yeah, kilometres. This, this is good. This is good. So don't. This it's not good because that's like what is that about? What two or three miles? And you want me to do what is that? Thirteen miles? Don't be so stupid. First of all, it's over three miles, but you don't have to get to. Th- well, it's like a ten, an extra ten miles. <laughs> but you don't have to get What's to thirteen point one miles. It's all the way to my parents' house and back. You, you don't have to get to thirteen point one miles. Because why? In training. You don't have to do that because training is an is an accumulative effect. Yes, well, that's clearly... I'm not going to get to 13.1 miles in training and clearly, during the actual bloody thing, I'm not going to get to 13.1 miles either. Look, I, I am going to help you with this. I genuinely, genuinely believe you can do it. And by, by the way, for people listening to this show, this, this is not a joke. Like, this is the first time I've told you this. I was going to message you at the weekend to break the news, and I thought, well, no, I'm, we're recording next well, week. Well, I'm glad you we'll didn't, just... because you've already ruined my weekend, and now you've just ruined my week, and possibly, actually, my Christmas. <laughs> Look, don't message me after we've finished this recording session saying, mate, was that was that real? Am I actually doing a half hour? We have signed you up. But there wasn't enough places. There was no more, like, teams of four available, so we just signed you up for the half marathon but look it's let's talk about it 
after the show. We're going to put a plan together. You've got time to mull it over, over Christmas, with your mince pies and your feet up and your I slippers. I don't want plans. I don't want plans. And then, and then in January, we can, we can hit it hard. Hit what hard? <laughs> what are you talking about? Look, you just, 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 you process the information I've just given you. Right now, it's time to answer another one of our listeners' running-related questions. It is hashtag AskJake. Today's question comes from Jeff, who does a little bit of treadmill running from time to time, and he's being advised to set the treadmill to a 1% gradient, and he wants to know why this is. Jeff, a lot of people think that it's worthwhile setting the gradient to 1% on a treadmill, purely because there is a slight difference between running indoors and running outdoors. So when you're running on a treadmill, of course, you don't have a headwind, uh, and also some people think it's slightly easier to run on a treadmill than it is to run outside so for those two reasons if you just increase the gradient to one percent it ever so slightly increases the intensity of the session on the treadmill and therefore potentially matches that uh, a little bit closer to the uh, effort and intensity that's required when running outside now i personally think that the most important factor here is to keep things constant so if you let's say do a particular session on a treadmill periodically to let's say take a measure of your fitness if there's a session that comes around frequently it is important that you keep things the same so whether you have one percent on the treadmill or you don't just make sure that you constantly have it every time you do that specific session i hope that helps jeff enjoy your running let me know how you get on with the one percent gradient if you've got a question you know the score by now. It is hashtag AskJake, or of course you can fingers us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. I feel like we're, we're we're in danger of bringing the tone down a little bit there, just a little bit little bit down with the whole breaking news of you running the half marathon. I feel, I feel like we're just a little bit of doom and gloom. Let's get back to the <laughs> festive spirit for the end of the show. Cue the Christmas music, please. this Christmas music makes uh, makes the fact that I'm going to die on the streets of Manchester better. Definitely. Oh, yes. Happy Christmas. <laughs> well, at least you got the city right. If you're going to die on the streets in a city, just make sure you get the correct city. And on that note, this brings us to the end of Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Have a fantastic Christmas. If you are running on Christmas Day, enjoy it. I shall spare a thought for you. I will certainly be out there banking some miles myself. But have a great time, and we will see you before New Year for more running madness. Oh, and one more thing. Your actions are merely a product of what you believe.